Mathilde Bia speaking. I'm a French architect specializing in reuse practices in the urban construction field. During this podcast, I'm going to share with you my experience of residing at the Villa Albertine 2023 in Portland, Oregon. The Donuts Day refers to the Donut Theory. It deals with urban planning, reuse, not recycling, by sharing life experiences, conversations, and personal thoughts. Thanks to Dave Benning, the man I mentioned in the first episode, I have chosen the city of Portland, Oregon to carry out my Villa Albertine residency. So it seems appropriate that I end my podcast series with him. They will probably use it for something, but those buildings are going away. This one is going away. And... Um, But only half of this building is going away. Okay. So they're 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 going to keep the other half because it's it still works. You know, it's something you could park your car in, or you could store your tractor yeah, in, or you could have it's dry space, and that's always always a good thing. Yes. Um, thank you. Um, so, but here's the thing: these the reason I wanted you to see this site is to show you just how hard we try to make this work. Okay. So we're talking about someone who owns the building and they own an excavator and they're tearing the building down. They're not going to hire someone. They're not going to hire a contractor. They're not going to incur a lot of costs. And they came to me and they said, Dave, we already have an excavator. We know how to run it. We would tear our own building down. So we can't afford to pay you to take this building down. And I was like, what? Oh, no. I, I'm not doing this for free. Cool. And so, um, here's what happened, though. Uh, we we are trying that hard. Like, I want to try everything, okay? I don't just stay in the safe zone, you know? And I don't do just, like, these really fancy, expensive projects for rich people, you know? Because other people do that. They're like... That's where I can make the most money and I can be the most safe. And I'm like, no, I want to be unsafe. I want to try everything and I want to prove everything. I want to experiment with everything. Sometimes I'm going to fail and I'm going to try again. And I'm going to try and make it work. But, so I'm going to take this building down for free. And here's the only reason that that is going to work is because they originally planned to reuse this home. They gutted this home. They took out all of the lath and plaster and all of the carpet and all of the t tile and, and everything. Maybe we can see. Uh, we can't go inside because I don't have a key, but... See how far they got? They were remodeling this home, renovating it. They weren't going to demolish it. They got pretty far. They were, um, they, they had gutted it. They were getting close to figuring out how to put it back together. And they came up with this problem and that problem and this expense and that expense. 
and so they reluctantly decided to tear it down. After doing all of this work, it's pretty well done. I mean, yeah, they did a great yeah. job. And the thing is that if I was ha if I had to do all that work, there's no way I could do this for free. Of course. Um, of course. But the family that did the work, um, if they did all that work and then they tore it down, all of that work would be for nothing. You see, mm -hmm. because they could have done it all with a machine in a day. Um, and I said, you know what, I'm going to honor the work that you've done by taking this building down for free. Mm -hmm. And so instead of that ending in a tragedy, like Americans, we don't like tragedies. <laughs> All of our movies end happy, right? <laughs> European movies, I don't know, you, you could have tragedy at the end. We don't have any tragedy. We always have to win in the end. So I'm always trying to win in the end, okay? For 30 years, Dave Benning has been working on deconstruction and reuse materials. He has worked on more than 5,000 projects. He has been with nearly 175 companies throughout North America. In total, this is more than 45,000 tons of materials saved from landfills and recycling and tons of carbon emissions avoided. In 1993, he created Restore, the first association to sell salvage material in Bellingham. This is before the rebuilding center of Portland. In 2005, the idea to create an innovation center for reuse begins to emerge. It will be called the Reuse Innovation Center. The project is to install in the same building several independent companies that work together to share costs and maximize material recovery with, among other things, more resources. Dave notes a clear increase in initiative in favor of reuse. Over the last four weeks, for example, he was able to meet groups from Switzerland, France, from Quebec and British Columbia. So what, what I did is I, I, I started with one project and you could say we survived that project, right? We didn't know what we were doing, but, um, and then, but then what I did was I never stopped trying to improve, ever. Like I never, I was never satisfied with what I did. We never stopped growing, we never stopped improving, we never stopped experimenting. Um, and so the first house we did took three and a half weeks. If I did that house today, it would take three and a half days. Uh, and then I started, um, as a consultant, I, um, you know, we had grown to one of the biggest reuse operations in the United States because we had all, all those people and all those trucks and the stores and all this material. And then we, um, when when we, as a nonprofit, we decided not to grow anymore. Like we had reached our maximum. That's when I decided to leave to help start other reuse stores and like and save them all of the trouble that I had been through.
Vancouver. Thing will be deconstructed. So, um, so our approach is to go inside first, and we test for hazardous materials. Step one, right? And then, okay, we've got now we know if there are hazardous materials. So then, the second step would be. We go in and we take surface items like cabinets and lights and doors and trim and things like that. And, and we get those things out if we are not disturbing hazardous materials. So that's two. And the third would be now that the people who remove hazardous materials come in and we've already removed the fragile items so that they don't break them and we preserve them. And so that's three steps. And then the fourth would be that we strip out wall finishes and ceilings and things like we're trying to get out insulation and plaster light. too no not oh yeah there plaster, might be yeah. plaster right mm-hmm. these are i'm sure lathom plaster for yeah because of that era so there right after that era they started a, a thing called plasterboard and and then they started uh where they actually had gyp, gypsum board and they put plaster over it mm-hmm. so now we've finished the interior work and then uh, but it's all been done with a roof on it so it's dry inside uh, then we systematically disassemble the structural members and and we leave the windows in uh for a while because we don't want dust like flying out and insulation flying out and mm-hmm. getting all over the neighborhood but then when everything is kind of cleaned up then we can go for the roof and it doesn't matter if anything gets wet you know because it's just lumber and that I think I think in America um, there are uh, there's like a, a a main way of doing it, and it's about making money and getting what you want out of life and stuff like that. And it used to be that you were rewarded by working harder. The government didn't um, sort of penalize you for for getting more money. It was more about you you work harder, you get more money, you can buy more things, and you're supposed to be happy. So then a lot of us uh, reject that and say that um, we, we're looking past our, ourselves into, like the, we're looking at the bigger picture and we're saying, I'm not happy, you know, or, and I'm, I'm tired of trying to compete or trying to uh, uh, just continually expand and, and fight and push and all that so we but then we realize there's something better to fight for like fighting for the environment or fighting for your neighbors or fighting for peace or or whatever and so then you you actually try harder you have a reason to try harder than just to make money i Mm -hmm. mean and so then like i would never try this hard to make money you know like i would never work 30 years without really ever stopping Dave talks about positive impact on the environment, but also always focuses on the community. He considers the fact that the durability and affordability of materials are two absolutely essential elements for each other. There is no such thing as sustainability that is not affordable, so that everyone can benefit. In an interview he gave for the Living Shelter podcast with Terry Fellen on April 26, 2023, he said this, I think for everyone to be studying issues related to climate change at some point, you have to decide whether you believe it or not, 
or whether you want to act on it or not. I think that it's time to act, and you can start with your own project. Romain Roland said, acting is believing. So my wish for you in these next few years is to strongly believe so that action becomes reality. Many thanks to Dave Benink and the Portland-based music group heard in this episode, Marissa Anderson. This podcast is produced by Mathilde Billet, edited by Pierre Roulet, with the support of Villa Albertine. At last, I would like to warmly thank Villa Albertine and for the translation, Angela van der Mullen, Adrien Garrier, and also all my Western Coast American friends. Cheers!